Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things podcast. Welcome back. I'm actually recording on location, which means I am recording from my mom's living room down in Southern California. So I've been here for a few days visiting my family and it's been a fantastic time as usual. Super chill, super relaxed. Um, and I'm grateful for um, to always be welcomed back with open arms and to see my tiny human nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews. Um, and to love on them and to just be um, in community and family with them. And so I wanted to, to take a quick jump back to last week's episode where I talked about mentoring. And that was more, I guess I thought about it more in the professional mentoring sense of um, either being in school and having a mentor or being in your career and having a mentor. Um, but today I had a chance to go to church and when, usually when I'm home, uh, usually when I'm home in Southern California, I always go to church because, um, that's my roots. That's how I grew up. And today just happened to be youth Sunday. And it, when I tell you it was such a good time, so I don't have notes for this. So I'm just going to uh, spill a little bit, um, just from the thoughts that were going through my mind as I was there and, Number one, it, for some reason, it felt super emotional because my nephew, one of my nephews was there and he um, did a rap and he got choked up during a rap. And like just to seeing like some of my nieces and nephews serve and like my great niece, two of my great nephews were like sitting on my lap and like hanging out, even though I mostly see them on FaceTime. And so they know who I am. But sometimes it's like when they see me in real life, it's like, oh, you're real. Um, so that is always a fun experience with them. But I also thought about like the mentoring that I got when I was young and growing up in church and having people kind of like take me under their wing and just um, mentor me and make sure that they were checking in on me, supporting my academics, um, seeing what I was up to outside of the academic world was so important. And so I think it's important for me, it was important for me to think about like whether or not you had like a religious institution or you had family or something like that um, to remember that it's mentoring happens in so many different capacities. And it usually takes us so little, like if we have, like, I always call them tiny humans. So basically anyone who is like, you know, like 10 or under in my book, but like those small people in your life who they look up to you and you don't even fully realize it because you're like, oh, I'm just like, I'm just the old, an adult in their life, or I'm just their aunt or their uncle or um, some sort of figure like that. They're looking to you and they want to be loved. They don't care where you went to school. They don't care, like all the things that you're doing with your life, what you bought, that you're part of a wine club or anything like that. They just want you to care about them and to love on them and to be silly with them and to play. And sometimes we have to take us a, a moment to just reach back and engage with those people in our lives that help us to get to where we are now. And even in as I think about spending time with them, I just want to be as present for them as possible, not on my phone when they're around and just giving them my attention and my energy. And I, there's, there's a, a really special part of reaching back to people in your family. And you're usually not reaching, if you have you know a decent sized family, you're usually not reaching back that far to be an influence and to ask how school's going. Let them read to you if they're learning to read. Walk with them, hold their hand if they still let you hold their hand. Um, I have a nephew, a great nephew who just turned 
one, uh, excuse the dog. So again, I'm on location. Um, he just turned one and he's a little bit whiny. Um, and I love him all the same. And he always gives me this look like, who are you? Whenever I'm like on FaceTime, mind you, my niece, who's like two, about to be three, um, in February, she will be on FaceTime and be like, hi, auntie. And then she'll take the phone around and say hi to everybody. And it's funny because it's, I, I don't know that I spent as m more time with her than this one that just turned one, but he would cry and wail. And when I picked him up, it was like I was, you know, picking him up with, you know, needles and spikes and he was just not having it. And so I walk around. And so finally I looked at him. I was like, he's screaming in my face. And I'm like, we're going to go walk outside. The moment we stepped out the door and it was just me and him and we could spend some time together, it just became so comfortable. And he didn't cry. He was just looking outside. He, his little fist was grabbing onto my shirt because he's not quite walking. And I just had to take a pause and be like, this is, this is my version of reaching back to him and he doesn't even know it. And it just felt like a special moment where I could pause and just be with him, not be on my phone, not having a conversation. And mind you, I'm talking to him like he understands what I'm saying, but he's just looking at me and then looking around. He saw the cat go across the street and he pointed and it was just so small, but such a connection point. Um, and of course I took a few pictures. So when he's older, I can be like, remember when we walked outside? He'll say no, but I'll be like, it, it's just taking time to pause and really reflect on those important moments and the times where I can pick up the little kids and like we can play around and they can jump into my arms and they're like, I put them down and I'm like, no, I'm done. And they're like, no, pick me up again. And just reaching back in the ways that are supernatural, but with all this technology around, I think it's easy to like stick a phone in front of their face um, as an aunt or uncle, like I don't have kids, so I can't say like, I'm assuming the, the point that I do, I'll be like, here, here's a phone, here's an iPad, you know, entertain yourself for like 20 minutes so I can breathe. But right now I have the capacity to have them only for little bits of time and when their parents are around so I can give them back. But I feel like it's so important for me to invest in that way with my time and with my energy with them. And being at church today was really just a made me so proud or made me remember so fondly about um, my experiences growing up in church. And I remember having to like say the announcements or give the welcome, uh, depending on, on who you are listening, you know what that means. Or like learning the books of the Bible from start to finish and like, excuse me, Bible drill and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, those, those were all things that were preparing me for who I am now and how I operate in the world now. Good, bad, or indifferent. So I just wanted to like just take a mo moment to pause and remind myself and remind you who are listening to pause and take the time out when you have it with those kids. I probably FaceTime with like the three sets of nieces and great nieces and great nephews and nieces and nephews probably once a week. And it's nothing like deep, but it's just time that I get to check in with them. So they see my face. They don't forget who I am and tell them I love them and, you know, blow them kisses and to hear how they're doing, even if they can't really talk, but so they know my face. So pausing and reaching back in that little way so that the more that I see them, the more they're like, oh, you're Auntie Shamina or you're Tia Shamina. Um, or right now to a few of them, I'm just Auntie um, with no actual name. But that's been, uh, it's just been a, a real solid reminder to, to cut off the, the busy um, and to pay attention to what's right in front of me and in ways that I can be influenced and not even know and just give my time and energy and let them know that they're important to me and they matter. Um, 
I'm going to roll into the, the actual topic that I had aside from that, which was around this glorification of busy. So as I talk about, you know, taking a pause to, um, to hang out with the little people in my life and my nieces and nephews and play games and pour drinks to the ones who are of age, um, I realized that I, um, and I love this about myself, so shout out to me, but when I am really focused on not being at work, so if I am with my family in Southern California, it's damn near like I don't even have a job. So like I'm not checking email. I have no desire to because I don't want to ruin my time by like being like, oh, I can just respond to this real quick. And then before you know it, there's a rabbit hole of stuff that I'm doing. And I realized that I have been, especially in the last maybe month or two, I felt like I have glorified busy. Um, so I have a few notes specifically on that um, as a reminder to myself and to other people who are listening who you're always, quote unquote, busy doing something. Um, and to remind us that, number one, and these are in no particular order, so I'm saying number one, but the first one, um, remembering that busy is not an emotion. So when someone asks you how you're doing and you answer busy, that's not an actual emotion. Um, that is a choice. Um, and I'm not saying emotions aren't choice, but sometimes they happen to us that we don't realize. Um, emotions are things like anger, happiness, fear, surprise, sadness. Those are emotions. Busy is not an emotion. So think about that the next time that someone asks you how you're doing and your default answer might be to say busy because you have a lot of things to do. Um, that usually that's probably a sign that you're not checking in with yourself of like, how are you actually feeling? And you're just kind of like routinely spitting out. How are you doing? Busy. How are you busy? I'm on my, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. No one asks you what you're doing. They're asking you how you're feeling or how are you? Um, Busy is also something that I think we think makes us sound important. And like, I'm on, I'm on doing all these things, all these items. Um, and we think it gives people sympathy for us. They're like, oh, I look better if I say I'm busy because I'm working so hard. I'm running back and forth. I'm walking at a fast pace. I, my head is always down in the phone. Um, that's, that's not always a good look. Um, and I tend to think that we, we make time for the things that we want to do. So I know I have been guilty of this very much so, and I'm trying to really work and connect with myself on this, um, making time and space for people when I want to, because none of us is so busy that we can't stop and make time for a conversation or to engage and have a meaningful interaction, um, because we're quote unquote busy. Um, really what we're, we're wanting to not do is we, we don't want to be honest with ourselves and with the other person that maybe I just don't want to spend time with you. Maybe I want to spend time with myself. How about that? Maybe spending time as, with myself is how I want to engage on this here day. So um, I think it's important for us to kind of take stock and pause and, and be honest with ourselves first and foremost, and then trying to be honest with other people. I, I always say take into consideration like the impact of your words are on, on other people. Um, and some people won't take that well. I certainly have had people in my life when I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with myself. And then they, they then, you know, try to make it about them. And it's, it's not about them. It's about me. And there's nothing that I can do necessarily to quell that besides be honest and be like, that's not it at all. I'm just trying to do, you know, my own thing and spend some time with myself. So maybe we can schedule something two or three weeks down the line. And I usually do that when I'm extroverting. And then when it comes up, I'm like, Ugh, I can't believe I made that plan. But anywho, um, that usually goes with it. Um, another point about being busy, nobody really cares about when you say that you're busy. Because have you ever noticed when you're at work, you're like, 
Like, how are you doing? I'm busy. And then they still ask you for the thing. They still ask you for their request to be fulfilled or their specific task or need to be completed. Nobody really cares. So just a quick tip if you're wondering. Um, if anybody cares, no, they don't. So take care. Your job is to take care of yourself and all of that. Um, and here's some, I think I came up with about three things that um, when you're constantly saying you're busy, um, you may be also saying one of the following things unintentionally. Um, you may be saying that you don't know how to say no. Because if you're always doing something for someone else, that probably is a sign that you maybe a little bit have need to be a little bit more discerning with your no's and maybe exercise using that no. I'm not saying you can use it all the time, but it's okay to use it sometimes and be like, oh, no, thank you. One thing that I've been doing, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that for you. And then silence, because that's just that's the end of it. I don't need to come help you come up with a solution or anything like that. But sometimes it's like I'm not going to be able to do that for you. And that's it. Um, something you may another thing you may be unintentionally saying about um, yourself when you're saying you're busy, that you're unaware of your own limits. So you've you've said yes to everything. And now you don't know how to back out of that. You don't know how to pivot and change your mind um, and say, you know, what, actually, I'm not going to be able to do that. Or actually, I need more time on this instead of like, here's a note to myself trying to be superwoman or super person and do all the things that I said I was going to do when I had all the energy in the world. So it's maybe a lack of awareness of your own limits. Um, and then also another unintentional thing you might be doing is um, poorly managing your time. I don't know that any of us goes into a situation trying to poorly manage time, but when you're saying yes to everything and you're so busy, you might not be managing your time. You might be working harder as opposed to smarter. You might not be looking at ways to be efficient or to outsource things that you can outsource or doing the most when you don't have to do the most. Um, and then I, the next thing I thought was, was what, um, what is the, 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 the phrase of busyness or the act of busyness costing you? Um, I think it's probably costing, and it probably has cost me, um, relationships, but I haven't made time for folks in so many of a consistent, you know, so many ways and so many times that those relationships are something that I have to work to rebuild, um, because I'm always busy, you know, or I've always been busy on something. And so I'm not making the time for the relationship, either a close one or a distant one that I, that I actually want to maintain. Um, but that goes for personal and professional relationships. If I'm always busy, I'm not deepening the relationships that I have to my comfort level with colleagues, folks who can, you know, help me get a foot in the door, because sometimes the relationship gets you in the door when the paper, your resume will not. Um, what is it costing you? Doing something well. I think we, when we say yes to everything and we're quite so busy that we are just trying to get things done and mark them off the list. And we're doing so many things, we don't have an opportunity just to figure out what we do well and then to do it well. Um, and I think the other thing that it's costing us, it's probably some of our mental, emotional, psychological, and physical wellness. When you're always on the go and you're always busy, think that it's costing you all of those things because you're working at this kind of usually a stress level for so long in a sustained period of time that you're not really mindful of how your body is actually reacting to all of those things. And so thinking through, okay, what, what does busy look like for me? And like actually checking in and slowing down about like, what are my emotions related to this? What are, um, what are the things that I can collaborate with? What are the things that I'm doing that I actually don't need to be doing anymore, but I'm doing because they've always been done? Or what do I need to change? 
And I, I realized um, a note to myself, and I know I'll share here, is that one of the things that I have done in the, in the spirit of busy, um, especially in this new role, is that we've done all of these things in the past as an organization. And I am just doing them because I haven't seen a full cycle, but some of them have not made the most sense in the world. And I'm like, well, why are, and then I, I've just been doing it because we've always done it that way and not been critical and been like, well, why have we done it? And, you know, sometimes it's the pause of like, okay, I realize that we've always done it, but is it, does it make the most sense that we've done it? Case in point. So, um, and this is no shade to my organization, but it, it ended up working out really well. We have, as an organization, we're small enough to, um, we, I guess in the past few years, we have brought a registered nurse on site to administer flu shots, right? We're all, quote unquote, busy, and we're not making the time to tend to our physical wellness. And so I was looking at the budget, and it was like, I think, $1,000 or $1,200 to bring in an RN for one day for people to get their flu shot. Mind you, we are across two sites. And not everybody's going to be in all the, every day, and not everybody's going to be able to make it work with their schedule in a given day. So it's a hit or miss whether or not we're going to hit all the people in the organization anyway. And so I'm, I, I sat on it for maybe a week or two, and I was like, hmm, because somebody brought it to my attention. I was like, I don't know that this makes sense. I don't know that I agree with bringing in this person, especially because all of the benefits that we provide, all the benefit packages that we provide, are that include um, the uh, flu shots at no cost. And they have these things called flu clinics. And you can go and get your flu shot and then be on your way. And so I was like, I'm, I'm having a hard time making this make sense that we would spend all this money when we spend the money with paying for you know the insurance coverage when you can go get this on your own. I can't justify that for free. I was having a hard time justifying it. So then I brought it up to my supervisor and I was like, I, I, I'm having a hard time. Could we perhaps roll this into like giving people an afternoon off in the spirit of wellness so that they can go do this. They can draw down their flexible spending accounts. They can do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know what this broad says? She was like, well, how about we do the whole day? And I was like, you ain't never lied. We let's let's do it. Like let, let me propose it to like the leadership team, and then we can see you know, and I can include like some ways that people can spend their wellness day, and we happen to be able to couple it with a holiday in November and around Veterans Day, and so now we got a four day weekend, and you can draw down this, you can use your wellness stipend, but it's it's thinking smarter about how we're doing this, and it's also like a great morale boost for the organization because people have been feeling it like with the changes and, you know, just the holiday season coming up, win. Like, that was very much a win. But if we had been caught, so, been caught up so much in the busyness, it could have been like, okay, we'll schedule it and hope for the best, but not be good stewards of our money. So uh, shout out to me and shout out to my supervisor for, like, supporting that and, like, taking it up to the next level. But sometimes when we stop and pause and we really think about something in this world and uh, space of busyness, we actually come up with really good ideas. Um, my supervisor even went so far as to say, well, why don't you think about some wellness days that we can have in 2020? And I was like, girl, this ain't nothing but a word. Like, it will be on your desk before the end of the week. And I think this was like on a Wednesday. I was like, consider it done. Um, but thinking about those ways that we can work smarter and like really do actually good, excellent work and build up morale and things like that. And this is from an organizational standpoint. So um, there's that. 
Anywho, so hopefully you get a chance to think about like how are you glorifying busy and how do you try to step back from that space of like always quote unquote being busy and running here, running there and not taking stock in how you feel and how you're actually using your time and um, your intellect and your um, your whatever the case may be, space, um, money to um, pull back on the, the glorification of busyness. Um, all right. So this has gone a little long. So thanks for listening. If you made it this far, I did have one podcast recommendation and it's called, um, the podcast is called about that time with Anthony McLean. Um, and it's episode six, the gospel with Angela Manuel Davis. Um, and when I tell you, um, shout out to Teresa for, uh, sharing this particular episode, it's, it's amazing. I listened to it when I was on a long run. I need to listen to it again because I only was able to jot down like three sets of like quotes. Um, it was fantastic. I don't even know what to tell you, but when I, when I got finished listening to that, I was so motivated. I almost wanted to run another mile, but I had already done seven and that wasn't going to happen um, because I was tired and it was hot. Um, but it was such a good episode about w- figuring out what your purpose is and aligning, trying to align like yourself with performing your purpose or engaging in your purpose in your work. Um, I'm going to have to listen to it again. There may be some more, there will definitely be some more nuggets that I share, but it was so good that it was called about that time. I'll conclude it in the show notes. It was episode six, the gospel with Angela Manuel Davis. And it was amazing. So that's all I got for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find me anywhere you find podcasts. Um, I am active on Instagram mostly. I have a Facebook page, not super active. <coughs> Excuse me on that. But please feel free to slide in my DMs, ask questions, share if this episode has hit you. Um, and maybe you don't have a question, but you just want to say, hey, girl, that was a good episode. Or like, oh, that motivated motivated me to kind of slow down a little bit. I love hearing those. I actually do get some messages from people who say those things and I always respond because right now I have, <laughs> I have capacity to respond. Um, but I really appreciate those when people, you feel something that hits, um, share with your friends. I always say rate and review if you want to, if not, I'm going to be back same time next week. All right. Take care guys. Bye. <laughs>